Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Six pounds, no. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in regret. (laughs) I had a feeling that's where you were going. Regret. And honestly, leading up to this episode, multiple times I was like, the her in regret. Regret. Wait, what? Regret. No regret. I mean, it's a meme. That's yep. <laughs> We've I was, the episode I was already. Say, like enough people, uh, you could say no regrets to enough people, and they would. Well, they would know. They the would meme. know. I don't know yep. anything about it. I just know that it's a meme. I just know that it's that I just have seen that tattoo yeah. so many times. So many. Times. It's just like there's people who perfect. don't know what we're talking about, and that's okay. That means. You don't know what we're talking about. You are not chronically online and good for you. How's yep. your homemade cheese tasting? My name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, um, I just want your fresh reaction <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> to the like phrase. This. Here's the, I just want to see your reaction. <laughs> okay. I'll try and keep my yeah. face as like neutral as possible. When you hear, I want to see your reaction to the phrase <clears throat> time blindness. Oh, you haven't heard it. Your face is telling I mean, me you've not heard about time blindness. Can I guess what it is? Oh, yes. Yes, please do. Please do. Time blindness is a um, like symptom classification of people with ADHD or some sort of neurodivergence where they like can't keep track of time and that's why they're chronically late or unable to be organized yes so (laughs) so I came across this video I thought it was a joke and it has just set the internet on fire and thankfully I think most people are having I actually think at least 53% of people are having a proper reaction to this. Right. But it's this young woman and she's really upset and she's crying and she's explaining that when she was I think it was a job interview or something. She asked what accommodations her possible employer makes for people with time blindness. And the person interviewing her did not take this seriously. And so she was very upset because her, she was not treated seriously when she asked what accommodations would be made for her because she has time blindness. Um, And again, I thought it was a joke when I first started. I was like, there's no way this is real, but it's very real. And there are time blindness is a new category that people want to give to themselves and like you said it's a it's a you know it's a form of fake neurodivergence that i just it's don't it's a condition yes it's, it's a, a condition. condition because everything is a condition if you if your character sucks and you can't yeah. show up on time and you can't look at a watch or your phone or your dashboard. You have a condition that you're where you're blind. <laughs> Can you imagine? If I was blind, I'd be kind of mad that. Oh, that's like were... I instantly think that. I'm like, you, I, like there I are also... people that are actually blind and can't look at a clock. <laughs> yeah, they're the only ones that really have it, and even they're managing to be on time. Yes. <laughs> it's like so you're telling me that I should ex- what you're telling me if you if you say that to me in a job interview what you're telling me is that you're I should expect you 
to behave like a disabled person. Yes. Except for the fact that you don't have any disability. Well, time blindness apparently is the disability. Which is insane because even people with the legitimate, which I'm, I'm sure you don't even call it a disability anymore, but even people with legitimate blindness are not in the habit of behaving. Yeah. As though they yeah. can't do things. Yeah. So they're not, so what you're saying is you're more disabled than an yes. actual person Blind who person. has a disability. Yes. Yes. And as an employer, if I hear that, I just go, I don't want to deal with you. I no. don't want to deal with you. No. <laughs> if you cannot, if you don't know you. what time it is, this isn't going to work. You're not going to work when yeah. you're supposed to work because you apparently... Yeah can't look at a clock i don't know yeah. i just you're wow. about to have a paycheck blindness <laughs> you're about to be looking for your paycheck and not gonna find not able one to- <laughs> <laughs> i really appreciate it. i will say that like 53 percent of the internet is jokingly jokingly like holding up a watch for her like yeah here's here's your here's the accommodation for you yeah. you can look at the time yeah <laughs> that's your but you know yeah. I just think we're going to come, there's going to be more and more of this stuff. But in all seriousness, I think what you just said is important, which is that when we, when people think that it's cool or acceptable to turn their poor character qualities into disorders that they can't help, number one, you're actually cheapening the real difficulty that people with real problems and disorders and disabilities have. And then number two, this is just part of that like psychologizing sin thing that everybody wants to do. Everybody has to psychologize their sin so they're not responsible for it. And that's all that it is. That's all that that is. Um, And, you know, I do feel I, if part of me can be, sympathetic it would just be like i do believe that there are, there is a lot of people out there who were not disciplined or taught how to manage their time and you know that's sad and i i, I feel for people who reach adulthood and have to go get a job and have never yeah. managed their own time i do that's yeah. that stinks um however it is uh, your responsibility to grow up at that point and learn yeah. how to do that yourself. Yeah. So yeah, and and that's just there's just a whole yeah there's a whole ideology behind that just um like uh, it goes all a whole I mean we've totally changed the definition of like accessibility mm-hmm. and it's like I'm sorry the United States is one of the most accessible if you want to talk about like inclusion like legitimate inclusion where there's a need where someone requires an accommodation Mm -hmm. and like it's it's so regulated and so many people are so willing to accommodate legitimate needs for accommodation yeah Yeah. i'm like i think that's great i mean if you if you're Mm -hmm. a capitalist and I think it's a great idea to make sure that all different kinds of people can access your totally good or service. Like, yeah, but, but we have departed so far from what, uh, like what access means, what it leads to, like, I it just, and, and it's a fish. I mean, it's offensive to people that have probably worked hard now this is obviously me just speaking as a person who's been able to see my whole life but what i imagine is that it would be very hard to not be able to see which means they have worked very hard though the though the access has been given to them they still had to work hard so even in this instance of requiring some sort of accommodation it's like well what are you going to do yeah. So now that I've like improved your ability to access the situation, like what are you, it's not, it's not about just like, well, I need you to just cater to all my needs and everything right. I think. Right. Um, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how that person would, well, 
It sounds like that person honestly doesn't want a job. It sounds like they know where their money's coming from and yeah, uh, whether they subconsciously, mm-hmm. whether that's conscious or subconscious, <laughs> but um, total, total unrelated, but kind of related <laughs> sidebar talking about people with genuine disabilities, like overcoming and whatever, for whatever reason, I don't know why we haven't gotten this far in conversation yet, but the gym that I go to now, since I moved, um, every morning there is a group of people with down syndrome there, um, a bunch of guys with down syndrome and they are having the best time. They don't need accommodations. Um, and they are in there and they are lifting weights and what is so just like amazing to watch about it. And, you know, we've introduced ourselves. I work out with some of my friends and we've introduced ourselves because we see them all the time and we're in the same areas. Um, and they're having more fun than anybody else in the whole gym. But like when you have down syndrome, like you're the fact that they're able to do what they're able to do because their muscle tone is like seriously affected right. by down syndrome yeah. mm-hmm. is just so incredible. Like they have had to work twice as hard as everybody else to get to where they're at. Yeah. And while they're doing that, not only are they like, they're not asking for special accommodations. They're just there using the gym like the rest of us. Um, they have the best attitude of anyone else there. Like they're just having the best time. Um, and it's just so fun and it's just fun. It's fun to be around. It's fun to see that. And um, whatever. I just love that. And I, I hate uh, every time the stories come across my feed of um, babies with down syndrome, just being aborted. And I think Iceland is the first nation that's completely, like they do not have oh, babies right. born at right. all with Down syndrome because yeah. it's just the mm-hmm. standard to abort them. It's so yeah. disgusting and yeah. Or that couple um, in Oregon that they like had uh, early testing done to like detect mm-hmm. for Down syndrome, but something happened with the test and they ended up having their child and she has Down syndrome. And when she was four they won a lawsuit basically saying like, well, we, the premise of the lawsuit was we would have killed her if we had known, but we can't kill her now. Um, oh. cause she's, oh. she passed through the magical birth canal. So now, Lord and I'm just break like their teeth. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. And I've heard that I've heard similar things in interviews and such where like people have told their kids, like if, like if it had been, I, I didn't have access to abortion, but if I had, I would have aborted you. And I'm just like, what are you, what are you? The depravity, the depravity. Mm. You like there. Yeah. There's just, there's a special place for people mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, what an array of conversation we've had. <laughs> Hey, let's tell them what we're reading next in book club. Yeah, here we are. So what Joy did, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Did you guys know Joy is a mastermind? Um, I'm so glad that you did this, Joy. (laughs) Um, Because I can't be at fault for anything that we do. There has to be one area where you carry all the blame, okay? Because... Because because whatever horrible thing you say today is my fault. So book club yeah. choice is yep. um, your fault. We, we're going to do it, you guys. <laughs> You're hearing it here. We're going to read Paralandra, which is the book following Out of the Silent Planet by C.S. Lewis. It's the second book mm-hmm. in the trilogy, which um, you said you know people that have just read it as a standalone. Uh, yes, I know a lot of people read out of the silent planet as a standalone. And then I know some people who as little as I know about C.S. Lewis, I had to inform them that that hideous strength is the third in the space trilogy. Um, So it's kind of, you know, C.S. Lewis does that, though, because if you've read one, if you've read The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, that doesn't mean you've read the entirety of the Chronicles of yeah. Narnia. 
True. So I guess this is kind of pretty standard for him uh, to write series or trilogies and then have people kind of pick and choose from among them. So if you have not read Out of the Silent Planet, um, go ahead and read it. It's really short or just join us. I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. But you definitely have time. You definitely have time to. Yes. um, Like, you know, we've taken weeks to get through it, but that's because Summer and I are reading like with the homework where. Yes. If that was just so that we don't get confused and as we try to run yes. book club yes but but you could like i could have been done with it oh yeah weeks ago yes <laughs> but we so do like a, to take it know. at a, a slower pace um because we don't want you to feel like you are in a in school <laughs> um or you yeah. yeah we don't want it to be a chore but uh, so we'll be starting that. We don't have an exact date yet, but by the time you're hearing this, I'm guessing you've got at least two weeks to get your book, maybe a week and a half. I don't know. Um, but we are going to read Paralandra. And of course, that's going to make everybody ask, are you just reading the trilogy? Are you just going to read? <laughs> are you going to read Paralandra and then you're going to finish, right? You wouldn't. What kind of horrible people? You guys are the worst. You're just going to read Out of the Solar Planet <laughs> and then Paralandra and you're not going to finish the trilogy. No, we're just going to finish the trilogy. So, yep. Here, here we, we are. Now I've said it out loud. Now we're committed because I said and it yeah. out loud. And I I just would really so basically, you know, if you've been thinking I want to join book club, there I think you could catch up. Oh yeah, this time in time for Paralandra. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that you're going to be able to read uh, Out of the Silent Planet and Paralandra in time. <laughs> like, like yes. if you try to jump in on the third, inst- like yes. we may have just you may feel like we've just excluded some of you. But we what I've been told, you. like I said, I know so many people who've only read that hideous strength and don't even know there you go well, that then, it's a part know. of the trilogy. I don't that sounds fake to me, but people that love <laughs> C.S. Lewis say that like they say like that hideous strength is the best of his work. And yeah, I guess Ooh. it's like tied to the space trilogy, but yeah. like it doesn't have to be. So if you've always there was a time where I was just going to read that hideous strength. I wasn't going to read the whole trilogy because I had just heard that hideous strength is like a must read and whatever. And I was like, maybe I'll just read that, but whatever, I'm just going to read it all. Yep. And, and, you know, I would, if you've been looking to, if you can't get into fiction, if you've been wanting to read the classics, there's so many reasons to just join us for this. And we have, it's, there's been lots of good, uh, conversation. I do and... feel like the discussion has gone better than I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah. This is a really good book to do that with. And I do think um, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of changes as we move through Yeah, books even. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, you Come guys join can... Us. Yeah. Join us. That's happening at patreon.com slash sheologians. And you guys can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. We are going to be doing, by the way, I'm going to put this out there. We're going to be doing a kind of a grab bag answer the email episode soon. So if you mm-hmm. have wanted us to talk about something or you've uh, wanted to ask us something, get your emails in over the next couple of weeks. I mean, you guys already do that. And I already have a couple that we're going to go over um, from you. Well, I mean, that- okay, so we have... This week, this week. So, what's happening? Oh, something's coming up, guys. Something is coming up. What's coming up? Um, so I don't think we're gonna. Technically, I think the challenge will be over. Do you guys remember the challenge? Oh, the challenge. That's right. Some of you guys, some of you guys are like, oh, dang it, <laughs> the challenge. She remembered the challenge. <laughs> So when I was still <laughs> when I was still living in Arizona, 
a lifetime we ago. Issued a challenge. Summer issued a challenge, and I summer's summer's challenge enjoys summer challenge. <laughs> and the cutoff was the release of Rosaria's new book, which I believe is the twelfth. Yes. So which tomorrow, tomorrow? Which is tomorrow for you guys listening. So that means next week when we talk to y'all. Yes. We're going to be. I'm ready. Touching base on the challenge. We're how coming we back. Um, hopefully, you know, you're kind of out of luck if your challenge was read for 30 minutes every day and you didn't do that. But if your challenge was, if uh, the challenge you, you chose to accept was <laughs> read 10 books, you might be able to do it. Just pick yeah. some shorties. <laughs> If your challenge was, if you lived up to Joy's challenge, which was to be real about your challenge, mm-hmm. that counts too. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. You're going to have to bar here's, my challenge. And here's we'll what we'll do. Admitting. Yeah. Just tag, tag me, tag um, the Sheologians Instagram, which is, have you had your soup today with your completed challenge? And I, I want to see, and maybe we'll share some. That would be great. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you remembered that. That's um, yeah. Good, good timing. Okay. Um. So this was your topic. I'm gonna let you yes. take us where you want to go. Yeah. Um. So the topic of today is what I call regret, and I think I. I think this is something we can all, we've all noticed. Maybe we haven't totally thought about it, but we've noticed it happened. We've noticed ourselves do it. Uh, I think this is sort of a normal mm-hmm. uh, kind of human thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anything that's a kind of normal human thing, we should make sure we're looking at and determining how we can do that thing to the glory of God. Yeah. Um, whether that means not doing it or doing it in the proper way or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what kind of just hit my brain was I just started noticing that I started noticing that I was hearing more from women saying the words like, I wish that this had happened. Okay. Or I wish I had done this. Mm. Um, and obviously there's a lot of different, there's kind of even different categories that can apply here. Um, mm. Like people who, you know, there there's instances of regret where it's like, I wish I had not lived in that sin for so long. Sure. Um, and then there's also instances that are just like, man, I wish, I wish I had been saved earlier. And then I could have had... 10 kids that I want now and I could have raised them all and none of them would have departed the faith and you know, all these Uh things. Fake worlds. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah. And I think that, um, we get a little caught there just like, um, I think, I think a term that would be closely related to regret is probably shame. But I think that also means it could Mm -hmm. be related closely to conviction Okay. Um, and so, you know, so we're just kind of, we're dealing with a concept here that I think mm-hmm. um, it, it's worth talking about because I, it kind of hit my brain and then I was like, you know, I've done that a lot. I've, I have imagined the ways that my life would be different if I had sure. things a certain way or if yeah. God had different plans for me. Um and so my thought is like, how do I do that? How do, do I just need to not do it at all? Is there some way in which like regret can kind of cue me to like, hmm, maybe you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Well, cause really, I guess we need to just start the conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's obvious that like Christians shouldn't be living in regret and what I mean by that no. is we shouldn't be living in a regrettable way where you do something and then you you do something wrong and then you regret it later. 
and then you're constantly doing that um and and not stopping the regrettable action but just only feeling the regret afterwards yeah well i i do think it depends on how you're using the word but i would i would be fine saying that contentment and regret do not go hand in hand right yes agreed. so so i would say that regret is often the way that we maybe try to make our discontent sound more pious than it is um so i i had to really if you're if you're looking at if you're taking stock of a situation that's already passed can you be content with it do you trust that god authored it um i can understand saying uh there is a sense of course in which christians ought not like you said do i regret sinning well yeah i don't want to sin i don't want to have sinned i don't like that i sin i don't like that sins that I've committed in the past. So yes, is there a sense of regret there? I think a lot of times when people are talking about regret, what they're saying is I live in perpetual sadness or shame over this thing, um, which is not the Christian life. When we confess and repent our sins, we're promised that we're forgiven those sins. And then we should live in light of that forgiveness uh, and God's sovereignty over that. And so, again, I th- also think regret and living in light of having been forgiven for our sins is not is not an appropriate way for a Christian to view the world. Um, this is a Christian women's podcast, so we're probably talking about the ways that Christian women talk about regret. And um, I will say that. Uh, I've had two kind of run-ins with the topic recently. And in one of them, I kind of rebuked my friend for being like, oh, I just regret this thing I did, just full of regret. And, you know, she was, the thing was, was that this regret was leading her to be sour, to be dour, to be moody to be constantly kind of sad and so I was like well let's just talk about that situation a little bit you know what what do you regret about it and really it just what it just turns out was that it wasn't really so much regret because she wasn't actually in sin in this situation at all she just didn't like how the situation went and here's the thing the situation went poorly the situation wasn't a great situation. This was not where all the ideal things happened. All the not ideal things happened. But the question is, how do you as a Christian live with that? And if your answer is regret, sadness, moodiness, bitterness, sourness, that's not how a Christian ought to respond, even when the situation is less than ideal or you wish it had gone differently that's not a Christian response. That's a fleshly response. And so really, I think a regret a lot of times is an issue of you're having the wrong perspective. You're saying, yes. I would prefer if everything that ever happened happened ideally. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. Or even in, in worse, you're saying there's many instances where you're like, why didn't God author my life this way? Yes. I regret that God did that. Um, that's a much, uh, I think, if you're living a little delusionally about how regret is affecting your life, that's a good way to put it to yourself. Is that basically it's unbelief? It's yeah. It's a lack of faith. Yeah. It's basically you I saying, would be happy and content yeah. if only God had done things differently. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Yes. So, or of course, so you're talking about God's complete sovereignty, or you're just talking about a misunderstanding um, of what sin is, because when you sin and then you repent, repentance produces something that doesn't look like 
mm-hmm. you just agonizing for the rest of your life over what happened. Now that does mean that if you are feeling you're not like if you're still re- feeling regret over things you've done, it doesn't mean you just like pretend that's not happening. It means you teach yourself over and over and over again what true repentance produces and true repentance does not produce a continual gnawing feeling because that's not how forgiveness works. The actual transaction of forgiveness takes it away from you completely. And the sacrifice to achieve that was immense. And so you need to really determine if you truly believe what God says about what forgiveness is and what it does. Um, Right. And, and there are some, I think that there, uh, yeah, I don't like, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that, that you can never say the word regret. I'm just saying this is something as you navigate your life that you should think about. Um, I do also think that if you are consistently regretting something Mm. um, and the issue is not your belief on repentance and forgiveness, um, then perhaps your issue is not you're, you haven't even repented and you're not even repentant. Um, and you continue, basically you're living in a way that, that is producing, like it's, if your life is producing that regret, then it means you're doing things that are regrettable that you shouldn't be doing. Um, and that just means you need to be changing your life. Um, and I, that yeah. requires accountability. That requires a lot of restraint sometimes, a lot of self-control, and it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. And that is where you will have the opportunity to practice over and over again, reconfirming what you know about forgiveness and repentance and what all of that accomplishes. Um, but so don't, like, when you repent of something, don't miss that opportunity. Don't, like, when you think of what you did, again, don't just be like, oh, oh, you know, like, because <laughs> that's what I do. When I remind, when I remember something embarrassing that I've done, I'll just be like, wow, <laughs> Erase, erase, erase. <laughs> like, why? Why are you playing that? Why are you playing that for me, brain? I do think that is a, that is definitely a, message that I think new moms need because I think uh, when you are a new mom, when you are just starting out on that motherhood journey and it's all very new to you and your baby is walking around like a newborn giraffe and you look like a newborn giraffe as you're trying to manage this for the first time ever as well. Um, I think a, what a lot of new moms do and maybe seasoned ones, if you're still dealing with this, is you go to bed at night and you just play over and over and over all the times during the day that you lost your patience, that you lost your cool, that you lost your self-control. You wish you'd done this better. You wish you'd done that better. That is definitely a temptation common to women, particularly in those little years. And uh, what you kind of do is you treat those regrets as precious because they're proof of your love. They're proof that you just love your baby so much and you just want to be a good mom and you just wish that you knew better. And this is so hard. And it's a lot of self-pity. What that what you need to do in that situation is confess and repent if you genuinely were in sin and ask the Lord to give you the grace, the wisdom, the patience that you need. And you need to not hold on to those failures as precious. Yeah. And you need to change yeah. your perspective on them. You know, a lot of women get really, really frustrated because they're like, well, I don't want to lose my patience, but then I lose my patience. Like, I know I'm just going to wake up today and lose my patience. And it's like, well, you've already decided that you are. Yes, I know that you're going to lose your patience. You just told me that you're going to. You've yeah. set your mind <laughs> to lose your patience today. Right. Um, And I understand, you know, when you've got a lot of little ones around you or even just one, because one baby feels like a thousand I know 
Um, when you have one baby, it just really, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Once you reach this, once you have a couple more, actually, it feels like you have less than a thousand. But when you have one baby, it feels <laughs> like you have a thousand babies. It's just, it's just, I don't make the rules, but um, that is the rules. Uh, and uh, there's, there's a, uh, there's a study done and they asked people who had like five or more children a bunch of people who had five or more children like what was the hardest amount of kids to have and it was three three yes so in my mind i'm like three and below feels different than four and above and there's just something to that (laughs) there is a tipping point there that's so real but you know i'm just remembering a decade ago you know you're young you have one baby and a lot of times for you moms, it's just you and the baby at home. And it's just like yeah. all day long. You're like, is this all my life is, is a cycle of me losing my patience and having to, and, and here's what I'm saying is that there is an off ramp to that. And the off ramp does not include feeling super regretful every single day and just stewing in your regret and just playing it over and over. That is a way to keep in that cycle. That is a way to guarantee because you're not actually confronting it. You're not actually dealing with it. You're not believing that God is going Mm -hmm. to be there and bear with you in your temptations, that he's going to grow you both. You're not believing that. And I totally understand because those little years in particular, they really feel very, very long. But what you sow in that time, you will reap so soon. And it's, you are not going, you don't want to reap regret. Um, And that will affect, that'll affect everything. And so I do think a lot of times regret is a kind of pious dressing because it's a, no, I'm going to stay sad. I'm going to stay unrepentant. I'm going to stay bitter. I'm going to stay mad that this is my life and just hold on to these negative feelings instead of giving them to the Lord and trusting him and laying all of that down. Like it just isn't helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think the big, a big part of it which we've had endless conversations about just like living in real reality is that when you're dealing with regret you're dealing with a fake reality you're dealing with an alternate reality where if this and this could just happen then this would happen or i would behave this way if this and this were this way or if i had just if i had just known like there are people, some of you guys are agonizing over things that you just like decisions you made and you, when you just didn't know. And I just want you to, that's insane. That's ridiculous. That's not real. Yeah. Um, if you just didn't know, yeah, then you didn't know there. Yeah. Like that's how wisdom works. Yeah. That's how the whole human life works. The way that we, yeah. The way that we are born little, knowing yeah. nothing, under the authority of someone whose job it is to grow us up, that means that there are going to be times, there's no reality where you have just always been clicked on and always knowing the right thing to do and always having your theology just straight and always being saved. I'm sorry. Like, that is not how the world is. You yeah. don't do yourself any favors. It is... And it's worse than not doing yourself any favors. It's living in total unbelief yeah. when you live in a reality outside of God's reality. Yep. And this is his reality is that sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Now, yeah. I, something that I really, really think could help this a lot mm. is if older women, and I don't necessarily just mean older in age, but older in their faith maturity. Yeah could say I regret that Mm -hmm. like I don't live in regret over it but Mm -hmm. if you hear a young mom saying x y and z and they are saying something that you they're saying I'm gonna do this and you go oh I remember wishing I hadn't done that (laughs) yeah there is there is a lot of wisdom that is being trapped up in regret instead of being transformed into, hey, 
like, so I already did this. I've been through the season that you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you what I think about that? Uh-huh. Or, or even just saying like, here's the truth of what you just said. Yeah. Um, and, and this is coming from someone that has been through it and I understand. Um, yeah. And, you know, not that you have to do everything that I say, but you can hear what I wish maybe I had done differently. So, Mm -hmm. or, you know, even just for example, like a, like a family that comes to faith later Mm -hmm. in their life, Mm -hmm. they already have kids. Their kids are not little. Their kids are like not out of the house, but grown. And maybe some of them are out of the house and it's like, Mm-hmm. So let me tell you how I raised my kids outside of this covenant and what that produced mm-hmm. as a means to encourage you to raise yeah. your kids in a certain way to fear the Lord, because yeah. I didn't raise my kids to fear the Lord because I didn't have the opportunity. I'm not trapped in agonizing over this my whole life because yeah. there's nothing I could have done about it. That's a fake yeah. world. The world where I got saved when I was 16 and we were third generation Christians and my grandparent, my grandfather pastored a church and like, that's yeah. a dream. That's not real for some of you. It is, and it's great. And if yeah. anything, you know, our bitterness can apply to our own life and it can apply to others too. You can start to look, you can get trapped so far in regret that you look at other people who of no, uh, no, nothing they did other than just like what God gave them, the life that God gave them. And you can look at them and go, yeah, well, like if God had just given me what they have or in, in a way, like just as bad is looking at someone who put in the work that you didn't and looking yeah. at them and going, well, I regret, I regret that I didn't do what they did. And I also hate them for getting the results. <laughs> I didn't. And it's like, Oh man, right. whoa, <laughs> what, where are right. we going here? <laughs> well, and like you said, it's all, it's all fake because, um, you know, when you, if you were ever looking into somebody else's life and going like, if only I had that, then my life would be easier. No matter what it looks like, you don't understand the Christian life because the reality is every Christian is going to face difficulty. Every Christian's life is touched by sin, but God gives you the grace that you need for the life that you're in, not for the life that somebody else is in. Yeah. You know, and you were talking about like, you don't know what you don't know. And you're like, you know, I just have to laugh because, um, well, one time I, I married an unbeliever and I didn't know. Well, and he didn't know that he was not a believer maybe. And, and then, you know, what happened? Well, I ended up a single mom because my husband left me and left the faith and disappeared to the other side of the country. And so I was a single mom with a baby and a toddler. And, you know, if you were to ask me, like, what amount of my life since then has been, like, co-opted by regret, I would say none. Like, God was sovereign over all of that, like, over all of it. And I wouldn't change any of it. Now, if you were to ask me, oh, Summer, write a beautiful story. Well, that wasn't a beautiful part or what should I do? What should I do? What you did? Should I, Yeah, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you didn't know it's, you don't know of doing it. Like Like you, there are risks that you have to take in life and you make the best decision that you can with the knowledge that you have trust and trusting the Lord for it. But that doesn't promise an outcome. You're not promised an outcome. You know what I mean? Like you're not promised that you're, if you marry the perfect Christian, you're not promised that he's not going to get cancer in two years and die. You are not promised a fairy tale. You don't know what you don't know. And the the question is, are you trusting the Lord in all of it? Are you Are you looking back over situations and scenarios, even ones where there was your own sin involved and trusting the Lord 
that he was sanctifying you, growing you, have you confessed and repented. The only reason to ever stew, (laughs) I mean, there's no good reason to stew, but like if there's something that you're stewing on, I hope it's because you haven't repented yet. Because if you're telling me, oh, well, you know, I confessed and repented, but I just can't let it go. I would say, well, it sounds like you haven't repented. It sounds like you haven't actually walked away. It's, you're not yeah. actually free. If you're not free, if this thing is still holding so much power over you, like why? Why? What is there? What is there that you yeah. haven't dealt with? Is there something about that you haven't confessed? Is there something about that you're really not willing to stop doing? Because yeah. that that's not how confession and repentance works. And a life of regret isn't what it leads to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's it's worth saying that, you know, we, we mentioned the instance of you don't know what you don't know, but it's possible that if you continue to feel regret, it's that you did know. Yeah. You did know that you were acting out of outside of wisdom. You were being a fool or you did something, you had a thought, you thought, well, maybe I should do this because this would be wiser or that's per my conviction. Maybe you did have convictions, but you were afraid to follow them and you so you just didn't do it and the reason you're really regretting that situation is that you didn't do what you knew you should do and your inability to just admit that and be honest and and that's something that you should repent of just repent of it i don't like we and trust i say this as someone who's fully 100 percent human so the reason I'm saying this is because I've learned it. I've observed myself. And it's just like, man, do we act like repentance is the hardest thing ever. When we are repenting to... So first of all, we're secured. Like our hope is secured. And God is infinitely loving and just. And yet we act like the world is going to end if we repent i'm not saying just repent like flip it just feel free to sin then repent that's not what i'm saying but it's like we act like we need to complicate this so much and sometimes it's just like repent it's like well i'm gonna do it again tomorrow repent again keep doing it but every time you repent that is an opportunity that is a moment where you are practicing real faith real repentance real forgiveness is what you're receiving like what we just i don't know why we we're not practicing enough we're Mm -hmm. like oh well if i can't do it perfectly then i should just live in crippling regret forever and just give myself a a score of zero and it's like your score is zero Mm -hmm. your score Mm -hmm. is zero Mm -hmm. get it get it like Mm -hmm. You have no score. Like you're mm-hmm. doing really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't like, I just, I, I, and this is not, I am not, I am not on board with the give yourself a break movement. No, that's not what we're saying here. No, I'm, I think the world will say, give yourself a break. Oh, are you sinning? Are you doing the wrong thing? Give yourself a break. You're only human. My thing is, you are human. Repent. If you sin, repent. Go to a God who clearly loves you. He yeah. secured your salvation. Like, yeah. and there is no, there is no reason. There is no reason to look back on what he's done and how he's orchestrated your life, the life that he has given you, and look back on it, regret, full of regret with regret if you're saved there there is no reason other than unbelief and lack of faith and even so in here's the thing even if you are doing that that moment is an opportunity for you to Mm -hmm. get rid of that toxic thinking Mm -hmm. that sinful foolishness that unbelief Mm -hmm. every time you're feeling regret just go oh there's my unbelief again this is it's like it's like your enemy popping up and you being like okay got to get rid of that that this is Mm -hmm. but this is an opportunity for me to practice killing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and and so there is no like even when regret pops up this is another one of those like in the whole story that god is telling Mm -hmm. like 
this is so such like so cinematic that that we we are tempted in such a way that the devil thinks he is winning but mm-hmm. he's actually strengthening us mm-hmm. like to just be more and more faithful and mm-hmm. so th- that is that moment regret that's what's happening in that moment um yep. and and again I, just in case y'all didn't hear me if you if someone older than you that is mature in the faith and that is trustworthy mm-hmm. is saying to you i'm not saying they live in regret because i don't think a mature woman in the faith is going to live in regret but if she does say something in wisdom to you that sounds something like well i did that and that was not the i either didn't know but it was wrong and i know now it was wrong or i did that and i did know and I think that that is the best, if we are going to allow regret like into our vocabulary as Christians, that is the best way to frame it. Hold on to the things mm-hmm. you've learned from the dis- bad, wrong things you've done from those moments where you had to repent and hold on to them only in the way that they can be useful mm-hmm. to someone else. Mm-hmm. That That is your job as, an, as a mm-hmm. mature woman in the faith mm-hmm. is to, to give wisdom to the younger women in the faith. Mm-hmm. And if you're a younger woman in the faith, it's your job to listen and not just be like, oh, well, I know everything and like your regret isn't my, because isn't like, haven't we all heard, I wish I could just learn your lesson for you. Yes. And then the world says, oh, but I can't. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, that's not, that for Christians, that is not how it works. Christians submit ourselves to wisdom that is above our own thoughts and feelings and experiences. So that doesn't apply to you, young lady. Like it really doesn't. You can say, no, I will let that woman learn that lesson for me. Yep. I don't even have to. What a kindness. And that means that for all the regrets that you might store up, that means that you can live in a way where you have this long, long perspective Mm -hmm. towards like, okay, well, you know what? I might have this imaginary alternate reality of the way that I would have loved my life to go, but I don't, that's not what God had for me, but Mm -hmm. I can make sure my daughters have it. Mm -hmm. I can make sure the other women in my church have it because I can offer them that experience. I can offer them the wisdom that comes from living a life of sin or making decisions, Mm -hmm. whether you knew what you were doing or not, you saw the outcome. (laughs) <laughs> right and so I, I think it just we are a little too there's just a little too um much of like an immediate perspective mm-hmm. like you if i like if i can be honest now as a 34 year old mm-hmm. with one daughter mm-hmm. like my husband and i want to have more kids yeah we want more kids we yeah. would, it's so it is so hard to convince people that you want ten children when the when God's only given you one. <laughs> it's so much easier yeah. when you have six kids for people to know what you believe about having kids. <laughs> sure, sure. By the so numbers, I, I guess. I feel as though I have some wisdom mm-hmm. relating to abstaining from having children delaying Mm -hmm. having children or even just maybe your mentality on biologically how easy it might be or not be Mm -hmm. um but listen in a very short amount of time Mm -hmm. because of my prayer and because of how i teach my daughter even if Mm -hmm. georgia is our only ever which that's not what we're praying for and i believe that god will give us more children um if you want to talk about a great life and fantasizing over the blessings of God, get to praying guys. He mm-hmm. answers prayer. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, what I'm saying is that in a short amount of time, if I can get over myself, I can teach Georgia that having children is a blessing and having a multitude mm-hmm. of children is a blessing. Now, with the number, I'm not talking about a specific number because that's y'all's business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll ultimately be Georgia and her husband's business. Right. But if you can, so here's me, a several gener, just two generations removed, 
We look two generations into the future and a woman who wanted kids from a young age and wasn't married, so was not able to have them. And now there, I mean, there's a limitation. I'm not putting a limit on God, but there is, we can acknowledge we live in, again, reality, right? But the point is, is that I don't have to live in regret because I can produce a lot of children by now taking that thing Mm -hmm. and and teaching Georgia something differently mm-hmm. and teaching and she'll teach her kids. Mm-hmm. And in a very short period of time, you can go from someone who's like, man, I just have, I just only have one kid and I wish that I had more. And I wish I had met my husband earlier and I wish that I had gotten married earlier. And then I would have had more kids, which I don't even know if that is true. <laughs> First of <Right>. all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't. And, And then if you just like back up a little bit, Mm. because your life ultimately is pretty much a blip here, right? Yeah. And it's like, how many, how quickly can you change? We're already like, my husband and I are believers. Neither of us knew our biological dads. Like we have already changed the trajectory of our family. Right. And, And regret just, I think regret just looks different if you can zoom out a little bit and see what your life kind of means, like what is your purpose here? Yeah. I think if you're just, if you're just relegated to the 80 or so years that you have, which again may not be, may not be real. It may not be 80. Right. Um, That, that is a perspective that is more open to regret just like I wish things had gone this way or I wish I had done this way. I only have a certain amount of time. Right. It's like, no, we don't, we don't have only a certain amount of time. We really don't. Well, and ultimately I think regret is a failure to turn a profit on what the Lord has given you. So if you, if you are so tangled up, in the thing that isn't going how you think it should go, you are going to miss your opportunity to turn a profit on what the Lord has given you. And that's kind of what you're talking about is you're like, you change your perspective and you're like, well, I've already changed the course for Georgia. Like yeah. I've already turned a profit. Um, And that regret will just take you out at the knees. It will take out your ability you know, if you wake up, if you go to bed at night, just angry and tangled because of whatever happened throughout the day, and then you wake up and you're just thinking about all the failures, you're not going to turn a profit on any of that. Like, what are you, what are you doing for the Lord when you're just tangled up in, well, it should have gone this way and it should have gone that way. That's kind of what, you know, I was saying like regret and dis- regret and content don't mix. They don't go together. Ultimately, regret is saying I'm not content with what the Lord has put in front of me. Um, And a lot of it, I think, is fear. It's like, well, I can't handle this and I can't do that and I can't face this and I don't want to live in light of this. And again, it's just it's unbelief. I think you said it points to a lot of unbelief. And so my challenge to somebody who would say, that they're living with all this regret and they're sad about this is like, okay, well, what can you turn a profit on? And if you haven't looked for that or you haven't thought of that, I would say this is not a godly regret. This is not a godly regret. This is not spurring you on to good works. This is not something that you've even really thought about in terms of your own sin or your standing before God or what he would have you do. If you're not asking, what would the Lord have me do here? It's, it's not, you're not facing God word on that topic. Um, yeah. And that's not, you can't stay there. You, that is something to confess and repent and you can't don't stay there. Amen. That's, that's what I got. That's what I got. I mean, and again, you know, somebody out there may be like, you guys have no regrets. No, I mean, I guess again, I just want to maybe over highlight that. Of course, of course, I wish I'd never sinned against God. <laughs> I'm not like, right. oh, yay, 
yay, I'm a sinner. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. but there are genuine difficult things in my life that I would look at and go, no, I don't regret that. Um, I'm at peace with it. I, or I've confessed and repented of it. I don't, it doesn't haunt me. I'm not, I don't think Christians ought to be haunted. I don't think that's how we are to supposed to live our lives is no, just being no, haunted no. Um, by our, our sins and our regrets. That is not what the Lord has promised. He's promised being set free. So go ahead and believe that promise and then be obedient. Yeah. Seriously. Be free. Be free. It's, it's yeah. yours. It's yours through obedience. It's yours. Yeah through confession and repentance it's like that freedom is yours and if you've if you've always been like well no i can't i'll never be free of this well i just you're not believing what god has said about yeah. you and him and sin and what your responsibility is and uh you know we talked about like just people that want to be sad <laughs> i think yeah. this is this is yeah. this goes along with that like you just want to yeah. hold on to it you just want to be sad now some things are sad Okay, I understand. I live in a fallen world yes. too. Some things are yeah. sad. Some things are regrettable. It's, you know, it's sad that my ex-husband left the faith. That's sad. That's regrettable. But I am not haunted. <laughs> yeah. That's not right. those are not the same. Those are not the same thing. And yeah. it, but if I wanted it to be the same thing and I wanted to still just be sad, I could. Yeah. Well, oof, I couldn't, but I understand that you it's possible. <laughs> right. But not yes. me. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not me, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no um Yeah. I, I think uh this episode went as I thought it would. <laughs> which is again just the these are just the things that like this is the walk i think especially for women we're not fighting the battle physically like we're not out there like winning the war we are the helper and i think this is the like Mm -hmm. these are the little things that are trying to break into your home these little the way that you talk to yourself the way that you renew your mind the Mm -hmm. if you're renewing your mind the way the, this is where like the victory for women is mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. is it may seem insignificant yes. it may seem weird to to tr- like again i'm not trying to say like never say the word regret again but it's just this these are the moments where like you for me it is so helpful to have these words that when they pop in it's just like okay but what's really happening right here so if i'm saying to myself I regret or I wish that is the big, I think that's the big way that it comes across is I wish, like, I just wish that something Mm -hmm. had been different. And it's like, okay, joy right now in this moment, while you wish, (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Disney movies. Yeah. While you wish that things were different, like you are secured, like your hope is secured. You are growing in faith. Like, Mm -hmm. like what, like, why not just rest mm-hmm. in what's real instead mm-hmm. of wishing for a thing? And and I'm sorry, but like, ooh, don't wish, pray. Like, yeah. That, this is just where, this is just something that mm-hmm. we just have it. It's not the biggest deal in the world, mm-hmm. but it is infecting you just a little bit or maybe a lot. Yeah. You know what, you and, know what, um, you know what dreams you get with wish is the same kind of stuff you can buy on wish.com. <laughs> if you're yeah, out there like wishing, totally... if you're out there wishing, you're going to get wish.com quality. That's, t- that's totally result. a meme. It's like, like wishes and then like prayers answered next to each other. Yes. It's like a really good one's table like from real Crate steak and, and one's like Play-Doh yeah. food. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. For sure. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's great. That is exactly yes. That's exactly how it goes. <laughs> and uh I just like that. Don't wish, pray. And yeah. yeah. Just keep that in mind. And just like if you find that is a moment like where you okay. can grow. Like when you find yourself saying wish, 
just pray. Mm-hmm. Let's just end. I mean, I've that's great. Okay. Yeah. I would love to just like title this episode like that, but no one will know what we're talking about unless they listen to the last hour. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay yeah, I notice our our episodes have gotten gotten a little long, but you know what? Is this is when what? we get to talk. No. Yeah. Oh no no! I was like inverting some numbers. Oh phew! And okay. I was like, I was like, how <laughs> we can't? We've been talking. No, we haven't actually even been talking for that long by our standards. <laughs> oh but not yeah, at all. it's like like yeah, we're apart. You guys, come on. <laughs> I don't think they're mad about it yet. Um, no, not, not yet. yet. Not yet. <laughs> okay, guys, don't forget to tag us with your summer challenge that you completed mm-hmm. or didn't complete. And um, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Get your copy of Paralandra. We're starting soon. I'll get you a date soon. Um, yes. And it'll be it'll be a great time. And as I always say, it's because of the other ladies, not us. They're really fun. We are not lying. All right. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week. See ya.